Hello and welcome. History and prophecy dominate our programme today on Search for Truth. And this is your Bible teaching programme with teacher Brian Johnston. Today Brian brings us talk number seven in our series of studies from the Bible book of Daniel. And we're going to look with Brian at the predictions in Daniel chapter 7 surrounding the rise and fall of world empires. Uh, some have already been fulfilled, so it's quite exciting to see what's in store. So let's join Brian now. Thanks, John. I have books on my bookshelves in a few different languages, but apart from an interlinear Bible, each book is consistently in one particular language. The book of Daniel, however, was written in Hebrew except for the section from chapter 2, verse 4, through to chapter 7, which was written in the more international Aramaic language. Interestingly, this is the section of Daniel's writing which shares with us God's international program for this world. It's a program which starts in the 6th century BC. As we learn history at school, we're taught certain dates, such as 1492, when Columbus sailed to discover the so-called New World of the Americas, but there's one important date you won't typically learn in school, despite the fact that it's one of the most important dates in world history. It's found in the Bible book of Jeremiah, chapter 25 and verse 1. It's there we read about the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He's, of course, the same character as we read about in the Bible book of Daniel. The time of Nebuchadnezzar marked the beginning of what our Lord calls in the Gospels, the times of the Gentiles. This was a time when God judged his favoured people Israel and granted that world sovereignty should pass over instead into Gentile hands. More details are now given to Daniel in chapter 7 of his book, Through a Dream. Here we read from the top of the 7th chapter. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions in his mind as he lay on his bed. Then he wrote the dream down and related the following summary of it. Daniel said, I was looking in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts were coming up from the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and had the wings of an eagle. I kept looking until its wings were plucked, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. A human mind also was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second one, resembling a bear. And it was raised up on one side, and three ribs were in its mouth between its teeth. And thus they said to it, Arise, devour much meat. After this I kept looking, and behold, another one, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrifying and extremely strong, and it had large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and trampled down the remainder with its feet, and it was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. While I was contemplating the horns, behold, another horn, a little one, came up among them, and three of the first horns were pulled out by the roots before it. And behold, this horn possessed eyes, like the eyes of a man, and a mouth uttering great boasts. I kept looking until thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture was like white snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames, its wheels were a burning fire. 
A river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands were attending him, and myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court sat, and the books were opened. Then I kept looking because of the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain, and its body was destroyed and given to the burning fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but an extension of life was granted to them for an appointed period of time. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom, that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was distressed within me, and the visions in my mind kept alarming me. I approached one of those who were standing by and began asking him the exact meaning of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. These great beasts, which are four in number, are four kings who will arise from the earth. But the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, for all ages to come. This dream, given to Daniel, is another version of the dream Daniel has previously interpreted for Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 2. You may recall he'd seen a huge statue portrayed in four metals, a head of gold, chest of silver, thighs of bronze and legs of iron, with feet part iron and part clay. In each case, we've heard the stated interpretation. The four metals, and likewise now the four beasts, represented four successive world empires which would rule the earth. We've no need to speculate about the identity of the first three. I'll leave you to check it out from comparing the surrounding verses in Daniel in chapters 2 and in chapters 8, that the first three of these empires are identified in the Bible text itself as being the Babylonian, the Medo-Persian and the Greek empires. You'll now recall that we've already presented compelling archaeological evidence to support that this book of Daniel was written at the time of the Babylonian Empire in the 6th century BC. So what's now familiar to us from history was at this time an amazing prophetic vision of coming empires the world had not yet heard of. Not of these merely vague ramblings, capable of various, very flexible and general interpretations. They are pin-sharp in their details, even permitting us to identify historical characters such as Alexander the Great in the pages of our Bibles. Except, remember, it was written some 200 years before he came on the scene. Okay, so it's thrilling to have such confirmation that in the Bible we're not only dealing with the most accurate historical document, but we also have evidence of its divine origin. But the Babylonians, the Medo-Persian and Greek empires, they're all water under the bridge now. What about things yet to befall this planet? Over to Daniel again, from verse 19 of chapter 7. Then I desired to know the exact meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth of iron and its claws of bronze, and which devoured, crushed and trampled down the remainder with its feet, and the meaning of the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up, and before which three of them fell, 
namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth uttering great boasts and which was larger in appearance than its associates. I kept looking, and that horn was waging war with the saints and overpowering them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was passed in favour of the saints of the Highest One, and the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast will be a fourth kingdom on the earth, which will be different from all the other kingdoms, and will devour the whole earth and tread it down and crush it. As for the ten horns, out of this kingdom ten kings will arise, and another will arise after them, and he will be different from the previous ones, and will subdue three kings. He will speak out against the Most High, and wear down the saints of the Highest One, and he will intend to make alterations in times and in law, and they will be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. But the court will sit for judgment, and his dominion will be taken away, annihilated, and destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions will serve and obey him. The fourth world empire, which is portrayed here in Daniel chapter 7 as the most dreadful beast, one which almost defied description, corresponds with the fourth metal section of the image or statue seen by Nebuchadnezzar as interpreted by Daniel in chapter 2. There we read about the statue having legs of iron and feet partly of iron and partly of clay. This would be an utterly crushing empire, albeit characterised by internal division. Both visions make it clear that this refers to an empire which followed on in historical sequence from the Greek empire, but which will again be in existence when the Lord Jesus Christ returns to this earth to take up his power and rule on earth for a thousand years. In contrast to the previous three world empires, which are explicitly interpreted for us in the Bible, the fourth one isn't named, and so we have to attempt cautiously to supply the interpretation. I say cautiously because the Apostle Peter reminds us that using the prophetic scriptures is like seeing our way by lamplight, whereas when events in time fulfil the predictions, then suddenly everything becomes as clear as in bright sunlight. This is how it happened with Christ's first advent, and it will be no different with his second. Many Bible students have for a long time favoured the view that the fourth empire is the Roman Empire. The two legs of Daniel's statue are thought to represent the western and eastern divisions of the empire. Daniel chapter 9 describes the people who destroyed Jerusalem in AD 70 as people ethnically associated with the coming final world leader, also known as the Antichrist. The book of Revelation uses symbolism which is suggestive of the Roman Empire, especially in its religious form. Those Bible students became excited with the signing of the Treaty of Rome in 1958 and have watched closely developments towards some kind of federated superstate across European lands, very roughly reoccupying the territory Rome once held sway over. Their eyes are on Europe and a future European strongman who will dominate the nations. That may be not far from the mark, but another contender is emerging which merits consideration at least. All the other empires Daniel writes about were centred geographically on Babylon, even if it was no longer their principal city. 
the Roman Empire's boundary was always way to the west of Babylon. But there has been another historic empire which was centred territorially around Babylon, an empire in character far more crushing than Rome. What's more, it's been more fundamentally marked by division almost from its beginning, a division into Sunni and Shia factions. It too existed for many centuries and was not abolished until 1924 by Ataturk. We are now living in turbulent times when it's seemingly in the process of being re-established. Keep your eyes on the prophecies of Daniel. Daniel Decoded is the transcript book for this series and it's a reminder of all that's been said in the talks. It's very helpful and it's free and you can also download many of our books and talks via the internet but the hard copy book for this series is available to you by asking for the title Daniel Decoded. You can order by email or by post and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN4, 8DY, UK. And our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Did you know as well that by looking up www.searchfortruth.org.uk you'll find our church's main website where you can download some actual programmes and their accompanying transcript books as well as accessing other helpful material. Now, sadly, we've come to the end of today's programme. Next week, Brian looks into Daniel chapter 8 and some more history and prophecy. It promises to be very interesting, so please join us if you can. But for now, it's very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers and me, John. So cheerio and may God richly bless you. Oh, the darkness shall turn to dawn. And the